Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Banker Next Door. I am your host, Dr. Joe Berquist. Uh, today, I wanted to share with everyone an excellent article that I had just read from uh, the, the magazine publication called Bank Director. And uh, this this uh, article is basically, uh, and the gist of it is basically loan workouts. And I, I But I thought this article was just excellently written, and I wanted to share this with everyone. So I'm going to bring this in. So this is a magazine article. If It's a great publication called Bank Director. If anybody has not had a chance to check this out out there uh, in the in the banking world, I highly recommend it. Um, I, I have been a subscriber to Bank Director and read a lot of their stuff all the time. It is just an absolutely fantastic publication. So this was uh, kind of a, a an article that was out of the normally uh, publicated uh, published magazine, which which only comes out like once a quarter. So it's a quarterly publication. Uh, but this was called Credit Storm. And I just thought that this article was great uh, because it basically breaks down the fact of what's happening right now in the banking industry. Uh, obviously, commercial real estate is, is a big question mark right now. Uh, you've got delinquency, which is starting to build because of the inflationary environment and the rising interest rate environment. Um, so what what this eventually is going to lead to is a deterioration in what's called credit quality. In other words, your your loans are going to begin to go bad. And what this article basically delves into is that, is that not only do banks not really have people that are accustomed to doing loan workouts, um, it's been a, it's been a long time. I mean, the last time we really saw a lot of loan workouts was back during the the Great Recession, the financial crisis of 07, 08, 09. And the workouts from that really drug on for many years thereafter. I mean, even in 2010, 2011, 2012, I mean, you know, we're, you know, banks were still working on, you know, trying to work out and and fix a lot of the the problems that it had happened. Um, obviously, it was a, it was a massive a uh, massive hit to the financial system that was that occurred back then um but what's unique about this time is that we have not really seen an inflationary environment coupled with a rising interest rate environment that, i mean you'd have to go back to the 70s and the very early 80s to to run into an environment like this and that's kind of the point so i'll just read a comment here so it says in here at the beginning mike uh cuba uh kubaki who was the chairman of $6.5 billion Lakeland Financial Corp, he had a realization. So Mike looked around the boardroom and said, I may be the only person in this room that has ever actually been involved in business during an extreme inflationary environment in combination with a rising rate environment. Meaning, unfortunately, Mike's uh, probably an older gentleman. I don't know how exactly how, it doesn't say exactly how old Mike is, but I would be willing to say Mike's probably in his late 60s or early 70s. And he was probably around, you know, uh, probably a very young banker back in the 70s and early 80s when a lot of this stuff uh, was, you know, this, you know, when you go back to a previous or similar type of, uh, of uh, economic environment. So what they go on in the article here to say though, is it basically that, Hey, look, you know, loans are going to, you know, loans are going to continue to deteriorate. This is going to be a multi-year process. Um, some banks are going to struggle in this in large part because that they really don't have people experienced in doing workouts and loan workouts. Um, and then they go on to basically say that, Hey, the good point is that we've got uh, a lot more, things that are disposable right now, like in other words, banks have a really strong amount of equity um, right now that, that, you know, really good capital positions, which is really helping, but they've also switched to what's called the uh, CECL model. 
the uh, current expected credit loss model and and that and I'm going to end up doing a whole another podcast episode just on on Cecil to kind of explain like what that is and how it works but ba- basically just think of it like this it's uh it's the it's the operation for how banks manage their loan loss reserves in other words every bank has to put a certain percentage of uh, like a think of it like a pot you've got a pot on the side here for what's called expected credit losses in other words in other words, every loan that you make is not going to be a good loan. Like you're going to make a couple bad ones here and there. And therefore, you've got to have a pot of money sitting over here to kind of cover those losses when they do occur. That's the that's the, the gist of it, the general idea. Um, again, for any anyone out there who's not not necessarily into into banking um, or doesn't work in banking, rather, I should say. So but uh, so then they go on here and basically say, hey, we've got strong capital. We got this new Cecil process uh, for for basically how we for how we calculate the amount of money that we put into our loan loss reserves. Uh, so, you know, we've the industry's feeling pretty good about that stuff right now. Um, you know, so as we go down here, I just want to get into. um so then, yeah, they just kind of make some general comments on here, like, uh, you know, like, like in other words, like a customer, like they may be current on their payments, but if they're not generating enough cash flow to cover their debt service, you need to probably downgrade that loan. So in other words, what generally happens is every bank has a rating system for their loans. So usually it's, you know, one through 10 scale, uh, usually a, a sufficient loan, a like a really strong loan would be like a one, two or three. That would be a, a super strong loan. Uh, there's probably about 10% of your loans fall into that category. The majority of your loans are going to be like a four five or six, you know, there or, or, or I should say, I shouldn't even say it, probably a four or five, uh, you know, four or five is probably going to be, you know, probably going to be your standard when you get to a six, you know, six might be like watch list. And now you get to like a seven and eight, that's basically like non-performing. And then you basically get to substandard. Uh, meaning that, you know, non-performing means you're, you, maybe you're getting some payments, but it's not, they're not paying like normal. Maybe they're 60 days, 90 days, 120 days behind, and, and maybe they're making payments sporadically, that kind of thing. So, uh, when you get, but when you get down to eight, you know, you get down, you get down to, to substandard, you know, and that, you know, now, now you're basically at, at now, like, look, now they're not getting paid. And now you're getting down to the, like the, maybe the nine and 10 where it's like, okay, now we're in, in charge off mode where it's like, this thing's getting, you know, we're foreclosing on the property. Uh, we're taking a, a credit loss on this and then we're going to, you know, you know, divest ourselves of that asset of the, of the property and then, and then see what we can get back for it at, at a later date. Um, so, and then, it, and then it goes on to talk. So basically it's saying here that like how, yeah, like, yeah, you know, you're going to have to be mindful of, you know, like, in other words, don't get caught off guard. Like even if a customer is making payments like normal, you got to continue to monitor those credits because they could still deteriorate kind of under your nose without you really knowing what's what's going on. Um and then it gets into, you know, you know, you know, basically banks should they should should consider stress testing their portfolio. Uh, you've also got as it relates to real estate, you know, you've got cap rates. You know, you could kind of look at the cap rate of the property and get in there. Um, you know, and then it says, you know, like staying on top of the data and working with the borrower gives lenders the necessary information to help the client and protect the bank. OK, fair enough. Um, but what I wanted to get down to was what's said basically at the at the bottom here. Um, hold on, let me get down here. Let me scroll down here. Uh, okay, so let 
where's the part hang on sorry i've kind of lost my spot here for a second um uh, okay, so then this this one guy basically goes on to say here that an early career in loan workouts was a great education in building relationships and minimizing risk. Uh, but after years of pristine credit quality, the industry has fewer and fewer experienced workout pros. Many lenders didn't even experience the 2008 financial crisis, much less the turmoil of the 80s. And the once prolific credit training programs offered by the industry disappeared long ago. Um, that is, that I felt was probably like the most important, uh, couple of sentences in this in, in entire article. Um, so yeah, I would basically say early in my career, I think the best experience that I got was I had to spend six months working in a workout department of a, uh, what I would call a large regional, super regional bank. It was a 52 billion asset bank, pretty sizable bank operation. Um, I had to spend six months working in the workout department and that, you know, that is uh, the, probably the best education. If you're, if you're going to be a, a credit analyst, or if you're going to be a lender someday, or maybe even rise up to the C-suite being like a chief credit officer or chief lending officer or something like that. Um, there is no better education than working in a workout department because you, you get it, you get a, a feel for how quickly loans can go bad. You get, and you get, and there's a, pattern. There's, there are certain things that you see like, you know, mess, mess ups in uh, how the loan was structured from the very beginning, uh, mess ups in the underwriting, things that were, that were missed uh, right away, things that weren't keyed in on necessarily. Um, but basically it's saying that, you know, there, there are few workout pros in the industry. I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. Uh, many lenders didn't experience the 08 financial crisis. This is true. I mean, if you've only been in banking for, for 10 years or less, I mean, you, you really kind of, you missed all that. Um, you know, yeah, much less the turmoil of the eighties, which was, you know, you're talking about 40, 45 years ago at this point. Um, and the once prolific credit training programs offered by the industry disappeared long ago. That that is in and of itself an entire conversation about how the uh, the credit training in the industry has completely gone uh, by the wayside, which is something that upsets me uh, very greatly. Um, I was lucky enough, you know, twenty something years ago, twenty three years ago, uh, when I when I uh, got into commercial banking, uh, I actually went through like a nine month uh, credit training program where I got fully trained as a credit analyst. Uh, before becoming a, you know, you know, and then getting in and basically doing uh, commercial underwriting of loans. And, and these are some of the problems that the industry is basically going to, is going to get smacked in the face with here very shortly. The, the lack of credit trained individuals, the lack of, of people that have workout experience, the lack of existing workout professionals in the industry. Uh, these are all things that are, that are coming down pretty, pretty much uh, down the pike. Now here, here's an interesting comment here though. It says a workout artist has a special touch. No, no doubt. Um, he isn't looking for uh, this individual isn't looking for a tough banker who will simply foreclose on a property though. Sometimes that must be done. Instead, he wants an empathic professional who can foster a relationship with a problem borrower. Um, yeah, I, I, my, I, I would say my experience that is that is sounds like somebody who's never really done a lot of uh, workout, and that is very wishful thinking. Um, <laughs> workout people have a very specific personality profile. Um, they are unempathetic people. Uh, if I was going to hire a workout professional, I do not want them to be empathetic. Um, I want them to go and foreclose on loans and do what needs to be done to try to clean up the bank's loan portfolio. That may sound very harsh. Uh, that may sound very uncaring, but 
that's that's a reality of banking uh that you know you know if you if you get into one of these economic cycles in which you have a big downturn or a recession or a depression or whatever the case may be and you've got a lot of bad loans on your books well you've got to work very hard to clean those up and it all sounds great being empathetic with borrowers and things like that until borrowers declare bankruptcy they stop talking to you they just did they flat out disappear um you know then you're left as the bank trying to clean up this this huge mess um so you know it, it could be a very it could be a very very difficult thing uh now and then, then the article goes on to say basically a foreclosure can be a huge distraction for a bank yes absolutely now why is that why would a foreclosure potentially be a huge distraction for a bank because um or foreclosure is something that takes years and years. Uh, a lot can depend on the, the individual laws of the state that you're in. Um, commercial can work a little bit faster because of the disclosure for confession of judgment language that's in place in a lot of the loans. Um, but if it's, if you're foreclosing on a residential property, I mean, so, some states have very strict laws with that in terms of like when you can file certain motions, when you can do certain things, you have to bring evidence and prove default and do other stuff like that. So that's a process that can linger on for literally years. And, and, and as all this is going on, you've got senior executives dealing with these workouts. You've got the bank's attorneys working with these wor workouts, um, costing the bank a ton of money, not only in non-performing loans, but in legal fees. A lot of times banks have to step in. They got to pay money to take care if there's real estate involved. You know, you got to pay the taxes. You got to pay the insurance. Uh, you might even have to pay somebody to go over and manage the property for you for whatever time that you have possession of it. So there's a lot that goes into that, and it can be a uh, it can be a very very uh, troubling you know troubling time in there for any bank. So um, so the article kind of wraps up by saying you know the FDIC reported a similar increase uh, for all insured institutions over the same uh, period with the cost of funding climbing 131 basis points. Um, it, you know, so ba basically saying there that. Um, you know, that the bank's cost of funding is also going up, which could add, you know, you know, different challenges to this thing. Um, and then it goes on to say the appetite, this appetite contrasts with the Federal Reserve's 2023 senior loan officer survey on bank lending practices, which found tighter underwriting standards and reduced demand across loan types, including commercial real estate and CNI lending. Um, uh, and it says this person, Rose, you know, Rose uh, has seen some disbelief from from borrowers that rates are as high as they are. Um, you know, there's still some institutions that are doing those low rate deals. They're letting them walk. Uh, eh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure about all that. Um, but the um, yeah, but then it gets it gets back to the, the person at the beginning. So that, the, you know, the double digit interest rates of the 1980s remain fresh in this person's memory. And uh, he's preparing his lenders for higher for longer until the Fed wins its inflation war. Um, the, you know, this means the pressure on CRE could take months or even years to resolve. And that's the $1.2 trillion question out there right now at the moment. So, um, so yes. Uh, so as we, oh, and I just want to say real quick, uh, the authors of this article are uh, Emily McCormick, who is an excellent writer, by the way, and she's the vice president in editorial uh, and, you know, and uh, uh, I'm sorry, vice president of editorial and research for bank director. So and again, the Adam Mark magazine's called uh, the article is called magazine exclusive credit storm. It's from uh, bank director. And um, so. 
so basically, again, workouts here, uh, I think the industry has a has a problem coming here in terms of not having enough workout professionals, not having enough people, uh, perhaps uh, with the proper credit training coming down the pike. So, you know, and, and basically what the article is espousing is that like, hey, you need to these articles, these problems are coming. If you're a smart bank, you need to get ahead of this stuff. You need to get kind of ahead of the curve. Make sure you're stress testing. Make sure you're looking at different types of data. You have a lot of data in front of you. You know, make sure your loan loss reserves are sufficient. You have sufficient capital levels, all those kind of things to kind of kind of like the storm is coming. Brace for impact. Um, and, you know, and, and that's and that is the big fear. I mean, obviously, the 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 higher interest rates stay for longer, the longer that inflation area pressures uh, remain out there, remain elevated. Uh, you know, this is obviously going to continue to put more and more pressure on commercial real estate, uh, particularly office properties. And, you know, we're all just going to have to wait to see how that plays out. But um, but again, the workout thing is a very, uh, a very interesting. It's it's I think it's an aspect of banking that doesn't really get talked about that much. And that's why I just I really love this article and thought that that was something really important. I wanted to try to explain to people. So if um so I basically say it like this. If you have any comments or any thoughts on workouts, you know, please leave them in the comment section below. I'd love to hear some comments. I'd be happy to try to get back to you with, with some of my feedback, let you know what I'm thinking. But uh, to kind of wrap things up, if you enjoyed this video, please give us a thumbs up. Make sure to check out thebankernextdoor.com. Remember, we are on YouTube, Rumble, and all major podcast platforms. Uh, please check out some of the, uh, the crypto series that I just did, uh, some of the other videos that came out. I just did some uh, reviews on, uh, I just did an episode on uh, Big Vape doing the, the review of uh, the Netflix uh, limited series that came out. Um, I also did a review of the movie uh, uh, Blackberry. If you haven't seen that yet, if you want to check that out and uh, definitely more videos coming in the uh, weeks ahead. So uh, if you're again, if you're enjoying the channel, please give a like, please give a thumbs up. Uh, please, uh, please make sure to subscribe and uh, leave a comment. That kind of stuff always helps the channel. And I thank you so much for listening and watching. And I look forward to uh, seeing everybody again next weekend. Thanks a lot. See you later.